Now, what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. The word love is used a lot in our readings today, so we have to have a good definition of love if we want to understand the New Testament. And unfortunately, the way the word love is used today in normal societal discourse is not what the New Testament means by love. So, what is love not? Love is not a romantic feeling. We talk a lot about falling in love and being in love and butterflies in the stomach and the whole thing. There are movies about this. It's not what the New Testament means. The New Testament does not mean love is a romantic feeling. Second, love is not just being non-judgmental. We get this from opposing love to hate. And so our society today has begun to use the word hate for a lot of things. We're said to hate somebody if we disagree with them. We're said to hate somebody if we tell them that maybe their choices aren't great. We associate it with judgment. If you are judgy, you are hating somebody. So, with that definition, if love is the opposite of hate, then love must be being non-judgmental. Unless you're judging somebody who is themselves judgmental, and then somehow it's still an act of love. Whatever. That's not what the New Testament means. New Testament love is not a romantic feeling. It is not just being non-judgmental. Instead, we hear a couple things, a couple definitions of love. From the first letter of John, In this way, the love of God was revealed to us. God sent his only Son into the world. And in that same letter, In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as expiation for our sins. And then in the gospel, Love one another as I love you. And also, No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. All of this is to say, according to the New Testament, love is nothing more and nothing less than the cross. God showed his love by sending his only Son into the world as expiation for our sins. That's the cross. That's where Jesus came to give us expiation for our sins. And Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you. Well, how did Jesus love us? He loved us all the way to the cross. And he was very explicit about it. He said, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends, which he did on the cross. Love, according to the New Testament, according to Christianity, love is the cross. Anything short of the cross is not love. And so, how do our societal definitions square with that definition of love? For example, the romantic notions. Can you imagine someone saying, Dude, I am so in love with that girl. I cannot wait to give up all my riches and be publicly tortured for her. 
Or the non-judgmental notion. Hey man, I don't want anyone to think I hate those folks. I had better allow them to unjustly sentence me to death because of their jealousy. It doesn't fit. It's not what love means. I will say, though, the, the mantra, love is love is love, that holds up. Anybody who goes to the cross for the sake of somebody else, gay, straight, or otherwise, that's still love. To put this in more general terms, more applicable terms, using the example of the cross, using the example of Jesus, we would say that love is willing the good of the other. Jesus knew what was best for us was freedom from sin and death. He knew that's what was good for us. He also knew to achieve that, he needed to go to the cross. So that's what he did. He willed our good and acted for it by going to the cross. In that definition, willing the good of the other, there are two parts that are important. Willing. Willing means that love is a choice. Love is a choice. So I'm going to say this with increased volume. At the Saturday 5 p.m., I think I actually blew out somebody's hearing aid, but it's worth it because I need you to remember this. You remember one thing, remember this. Love is not a feeling. Love is not a feeling. I don't care how you feel about somebody. I don't care how you feel about your spouse. I don't care how you feel about your neighbor. I don't care how you feel about me. Love is not a feeling, it is a choice. We choose to love by recognizing what is good for somebody and acting for it. Second, if love is willing the good of the other, it means that love is always other-focused. So one of the problems with love being this romantic feeling is that it's focused on me. I judge my love by how I feel in my gut. No. Love is willing the good of the other. So as best as we can, we try to determine what is good for the other person, and we act toward it. Our focus is always on the other. I assure you, when Jesus was on the cross, he didn't have a lot of good feelings. And his entire focus was on us. He willed absolutely the good of humanity, and that's why it is the greatest act of love humanity has ever seen. In Christianity, love has a special category. We call it one of the theological virtues, along with hope and faith. A virtue is a habit built up over time, something that we do over and over again, something that we learn to do that becomes part of us. So love, because it's a choice, we choose to do it once, and we choose to do it again, and we choose to do it again, and all of those choices make it easier to love in the future. It becomes a habit. But the theological virtues are special because once you're baptized with Christ living at the center of your existence, it is not you who love. It is not you who have faith. It is not you who have hope. Faith, hope, and love are the work of God in and through you. So when you as a baptized person love, it is in fact God who is loving through you. So the habit that we build of loving other people 
Yeah, we do have to be attentive to it. We do have to choose it. But what we're choosing isn't the act of love because it's impossible for us. It's impossible for us to go to the cross on our own. What we're choosing is to say yes to the action of God in us. God constantly wants to love in and through us. And when we develop that habit, we're developing the habit of saying yes to what God wants to do in and through us. So practically, what does it look like to will the good of the other? Well, first you have to know what's good for somebody. And this is where it all breaks down. All of the problems that we have in debate and society today is we cannot agree what a human person is, and therefore we cannot agree what is good for a human person. We just don't agree on it. Christianity has a certain view of humanity that comes from the Bible and tradition, and because of that we agree, like, this is what's good for a human person, and once we've determined what's good, we act for it. It's hard. People come to different conclusions. But as best as you can, you have to ask, what is good for the person in front of me? What's the best thing for them in this moment? And then you try to act on that. You try to do that. So, for example, in marriage. The love that we have in marriage has nothing to do with your feelings. I don't care if you don't like the person today. You made a vow to love them. So what does that look like? Well, what's good for your spouse? You have to get to know your spouse to know that. You have to be in communication with each other. But what's good for them? Right? Maybe they're having a rough day. And even if you've had a rough day, too, making time for them, hearing about their struggles, holding their emotions, that's what's best for them in that moment. And an act of love is trying to do that. Or sometimes it's recommitting ourselves to the equal share of marital duties, be that with the house or the family or otherwise. Whatever is best for my spouse is how I love them. And if both spouses are equally focused on what's good for the other person, they will be taken care of. But love is inherently other-focused. So the healthiest marriage doesn't worry about my needs it's able to trust that the other spouse will take care of my needs. My whole job is to take care of their needs. When I talk about love like this, I find the example of drug addiction to be very helpful. Because it's really, really difficult. When somebody is addicted to alcohol or drugs, there's a cycle. And that cycle is oftentimes an enablement cycle, right? Somebody is able to, to stay there or to resist the help that might be offered to them because they don't have to find that help yet. And I've dealt with families who struggle really hard. Um, let's use alcohol example. You know, somebody is just an alcoholic and they're drunk all the time and they will not go find the help that they need. And the family comes to me and they say, Father, we think we have to kick this person out of the house. How do we deal with that? Well, the standard of all Christian action is love. What is best for that person? Sometimes, the best thing for that person is to finally realize that their life has hit rock bottom. Sometimes, a crisis has to be entered into with open eyes in order for them to achieve what's best for them, which is an incredibly difficult decision. If you've ever talked to somebody who've dealt with this in their family, asking somebody to leave their home is incredibly difficult. 
But if it's done with the eye toward achieving what is best for that person, we would in Christianity say that it is an act of love. Love is difficult. It is hard. There is such a thing as tough love. In that same category, I would say that speaking the truth is also always an act of love. And this is where Father Moore gets on his soapbox. I it grinds my gears, steams my cabbage, that there are so many people in the world who regard Christians teaching Christianity as an act of hate. So I am told that if I go up to somebody and I tell them, you need Jesus, Jesus is the source of salvation, your life will be better with Jesus. You need Jesus. There are people who will say that is a hateful act. But as a Christian, what could possibly be more loving? The best gift I can ever give somebody, the best thing ever in their entire life, is going to be a relationship with Jesus. It is the most loving Christian act to preach the gospel, because there is no greater good than Jesus Christ. It is not an act of hatred. Similarly, talking about Christian morality, even if people disagree with us, from our perspective, is one of the most loving things we can ever do. Because we believe what we do about morality because we think it brings us closer to God. That living according to the plan of God is good for people. It is healthy for people. It will, if you want the older language, save their soul. So if I bring somebody the teachings of the church and I say you will be happier if you live according to these teachings, to call that an act of hate does not understand what Christianity is all about. It is the most loving thing we can do for a person. And society's just turned that on its head. Which is to say, my friends, if it's not obvious, I think it's important that we leave behind this romantic notion of love. There's a word for that. It's infatuation. And it's okay to be infatuated with people. That's okay. But... In Christianity, when we talk about love and the fact that God is love, it's not a romantic notion. Because it's required. As a Christian, you are required to love. And God would never require something that you don't have control over. You can't control how you feel. There are days where I like you all very much, and there are days where I just don't like you. But every day I wake up and I choose to love you. Because that's the purpose of being a Christian. That's what God asks me to do. We have to leave behind the romantic notion of love so we can take control over the fact that love is our choice and it's something that we choose every day. Second, I think it's important we leave behind this idea of love as something akin to being non-judgmental. One, not helpful doesn't reflect what love truly is. But two, it makes love so boring and simple and easy. It doesn't do justice to what love actually is. If love is just being non-judgmental, it's apathy. It's saying, I don't really care about you. I don't really care about how you live. I just don't. 
That's not love. Love is the cross. Love is active. Love pursues you. Love overtakes you. Love never leaves you where you are, but always looks for your good and for your improvement. Non-judgment is like Pontius Pilate washing his hands. It's the opposite of love. Love looks like the cross. It looks like heroic self-sacrifice for the sake of the other. It looks like something hard. It looks like something that's so hard it may consume our entire life. So hard that it may lose us friendships. So hard that it may only find its reward in heaven. Self-sacrificial love, which images Jesus on the cross, is the only kind of love that will actually save us. Everything else is just a false pretender.